Hello, friends, and welcome to this second iteration of my Wilderness and Wellness Shorts. I am sitting in my uh, backyard right now in the beautiful Arizona sun on this wonderful afternoon. So uh, you're going to hear some background noise, but hopefully it's more uh, of the pleasant sort with all the birds we got around. But you're going to hear some human-made noise as well here and there. So, <laughs> um, the genesis of this episode actually begins with a question that was asked in a comment on one of my, or actually on the the photo of my the logo for the podcast, and it was from a listener in the Netherlands, and he asked about if if there was a backstory behind the coyote call that I feature on the intro and outro of the episodes. And uh, actually, there is quite an interesting story, and him and I intend to get together and, and chat about that in depth, but uh, it got me thinking maybe that would be a, a great topic of discussion for this uh, this iteration of the podcast as far as the wilderness and wellness shorts go. And so, uh, yeah, I thought I'd just tell that story, and, and I hope you really enjoy it. So it kind of begins uh, with me beginning my Kamana 2 program. And for those who aren't familiar, uh, Kamana is a program, a distance learning program for uh, people wanting to learn naturalist skills and, and learn more about the world around them right where they're at. Uh, that's offered through the Wilderness Awareness School. And it's a program put together by John Young and, and some others that help people to become essentially natives where they are. Not natives of, as in like uh, indigenous, but more uh, have an understanding of the nature that is right around them all the time. And it's a really wonderful program. And uh, I was beginning the Kamana 2 program. And anyone who's done that program knows that the the flagship routine of that program is the sit spot. And so the very first exercise that you do in the Kamana 2 program is you locate a sit spot. And I had had one for a little while, but after going through the and reading the material, uh, they, they recommended some very particular, uh, characteristics of a good sit spot. And my current sit spot didn't have a lot of those characteristics. Uh, those being, you know, a, obviously a safe place, one that's, uh, accessible pretty much any time, day or night, uh, a place that is really easy to get to and, and quick to get to so that that barrier is taken away. Uh, but also a place with certain features, uh, such as like an ecotone, which is where kind of two habitats meet. For instance, where a field meets a, a wooded area or something like that, um, in an area uh, that ideally would have water and, and you know, just good habitat that is uh, going to draw a lot of different animals and, and have many plant species and things. So, you know, a lot of these characteristics were not part of the sit spot that I had currently had. So I went through the exercise of trying to locate a new sit spot and I had an idea in mind, but I wasn't sure about it. So I really took the suggestions that the the program offered to heart as far as, you know, thinking about sit spots, doing some um, scouting, you know, through Google Earth and places like that through to, to find a place near my home. Um, and then also just kind of, you know, feeling it out personally within me, my intuition and, and, you know, where do I feel drawn to? And, uh, so I, I went to this place that I had thought might potentially be a good sit spot kind of with this, uh, I guess a prayer in my heart, um, for lack of a better way to explain it of, you know, is this the place for me, you know, and, and I truly believe in, you know, 
the animist principle that places and entities and and beings speak with us, speak to us. Um, and so I kind of went into this with that, uh, you know, looking looking f- to be spoken to, uh, to, to be told, you know, is this my sit spot or not? Because, you know, this is a place that I would potentially be investing a lot of time in uh, to learning about the natural world. And I wanted to make sure that whichever place that was, uh, one was accepting of me and, and two, that, that it would be a, a good spot for me to learn and grow in. And so I arrived in this area with this kind of, uh, you know, this mentality. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea of the area, this is an area that is uh, adjacent to uh, a pretty populated area, uh, a smaller town in northern Arizona at the time. And uh, it's a, a desert area of the, the Colorado Plateau that had a little ribbon of riparian area running through it where uh, water often drains off of the city streets into this little ravine. And so in this little ravine uh, with a, a somewhat perennial source of, of water uh, was a lot of willows, uh, coyote willow specifically, and also some tamarisk and Russian olive. Uh, which is kind of the, you know, the, the vegetation you're going to find in riparian areas in the Southwest. Um, but not a big ribbon, but, you know, surrounded by some houses, but, but a nice patch of, uh, desert scrub along with that, you know, surrounding this little ribbon of riparian area. And it wasn't a a huge area, but big enough that I could, I could visit it and, and somewhat be by myself. Uh, but there was a hiking, uh, at the head of this area was a parking area and there's a hiking trail that ran right through it. Uh, but of course most people just hike right through it and never stop and really explore the area. So I kind of, I came to this area with this, uh, prayer in my heart and this, this idea of, you know, is this the place for me looking for an answer? Like I said before, so I arrived and I got out of my car and just started kind of walking around and, you know, this is a pretty early in the morning. I would say that the sun was just coming up and the birds were just singing like crazy. This is a, you know, a a day kind of mid spring. It's probably like April or so. And, um, just really, really beautiful. The scent of the desert was heavy in the air because the previous night, uh, there was some showers. And so it was just really, really just a, a sensory experience listening to all these birds and, and, and smelling the desert with the recent rains and everything. And, and even as the, as the sun was coming up, cause the sun was just starting to come up as I arrived, it was hitting, hitting some of the, the dead kind of dark black colored vegetation. Uh, cause there's some like sagebrush in that area and, and some of the dead vegetation was a really dark color. And as that sunlight hit it, that water would evaporate and just, there was just this beautiful mist rising. Um, and, and, and off in the distance, you can see uh, a beautiful area of mesas, uh, overlooking Lake Powell. And so the light was just hitting those mesas off in the distance. And it's just, just absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, the, the mesas are off on higher elevation, the stand, the grand staircase Escalante national monument. Um, in short, it was just a a beautifully marvelous scene and definitely set the mood for what was about to take place. And so I slowly walked along searching for a spot that I hoped might be a good anchor point, which is kind of the, the main place that you, uh, make your way to each time you visit your sit, sit spot and, and sit and not, 
far down the trail to the right, it was kind of a rise of earth, you know, flattened on the top, almost like it was uh, prepared for development at some point. And, and I kind of felt called to go and sit there. So I did. And uh, I found a nice little niche between some uh, salt, salt bush plants, which is a type of plant in the area where I just kind of kneeled down and, and just observed. And uh, the spot offered such an amazing view of, of the lake off in the distance, the buttes and the mesas. And of course, most importantly, the riparian thicket that was just full of birds and was only about 20, 25 yards in front of me. And as I sat, I just kept asking myself over and over, is this the place? And in my mind, I kind of raised the idea that, you know, sometimes a sign is given to people in this kind of moment. And, and when I had this thought, my awareness was like really peaked. <laughs> and, and I noticed that about 20 feet away up to my left, uh, but beside me, you know, b- behind me to my left, there was a hummingbird and it kept diving like back and forth from about 15 feet high down and then back up down and then back up in this really large U shape over and over and over again. And I had no idea what was, why it was doing that at the time, you know, looking back now, I realized it was a a courtship display, but at the time I was just like, wow, that's really cool. I've never seen that. And so just after noticing that a gentleman kind of came walking down the trail from the parking lot with his dog. And, um, you know, I felt like that was kind of something telling me, you know, like, see, you know, this would be a good spot. Uh, to observe the interaction of the natural world with with other people as well as far as the birds and how they react to people and pets and dogs and things like that. And so that was a, a confirming thing for me. And then after that, a raven flies by heading northeast. Uh, and, and all the while, of course, the birds are just providing this beautiful cacophony of sound. So I, I kind of got up and I, I walked towards... Uh, you know, the bottom of the U, if you will, that the hummingbird was making thinking, you know, maybe it was trying to show me something. I don't know. Um, but there was nothing there. So I continued walking towards that, that trail that the man was walking down to kind of slowly make my way back to the vehicle, you know, feeling at this point that I was feeling pretty good about this experience. And all of a sudden, as I was heading back towards the trail, I hear a coyote just belt out the loudest howl, uh, from very near to me. Uh, it, it sounded like it was just on the other side of the thicket near some houses that were over there in, in a development. And so, you know, I couldn't see it because the thicket was in the way. So I kind of slowly uh, stalked my way over to see if I could catch a glimpse. And sure enough, there was a coyote right behind uh, one of the houses that was probably at that point, probably about 70 yards from me, just yapping and howling away. Um, and, and of course, I'd heard that a lot before, but never from that close. And after a few moments, I noticed there was another one with it, uh, just below it and kind of a little wash. And so I watched and, and I ended up, uh, I had my, my phone with me. So I started audio recording these song the, this, you know, serenading songs of these coyotes going back and forth. And, uh, I was kind of tucked away in the thicket on the other side from where I was previously, uh, kind of, you know, knelt, knelt down, kind of hiding a little bit. And they actually started moving in my direction. And I could tell that their intent was to move up along the side of the thicket, which unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, put me right in their path. So I tried crouching even lower, very, very slowly as they approached. So, you know, maybe they would pass by and not see me. 
Um, but while approaching, I noticed that the coyote, who was the most vocal of the two, uh, was kind of letting out these soft little like woof, woof, like sounding barks as it walked, almost as if like it was like under his breath. And, and I have no idea why, but, uh, but once they were about 15 yards away from me, he spotted me. You know, I, I was, I was spotted <laughs> and immediately right when he spotted me, he let out a few really loud yelps and howls. Uh, I, I kind of felt like he was like kind of mad at me, <laughs> like cursing me for being in his way. Um, and then after that, they kind of proceeded, uh, on to the Southeast of me up onto a hill, just adjacent to the area. And, uh, once there, they continued those previous vocalizations for about another four minutes or so, like, but with more intensity. Uh, in fact, it was really interesting to, to watch them vocalizing this time because, uh, they were really making a lot of noise almost to like, it would sound like it was multiple coyotes. And I've heard this before, like while in the desert, but I've never actually seen a coyote doing this. And when I heard this, this really loud constant yapping and, and howling, I always assumed it was like, you know, a whole pack of coyotes, like four or six of them all howling in unison. Um, but in this case it was only two. So that just really amazed me that they could, uh, make that kind of sound that would sound like so many coyotes all at once. And, um, so after they left, I was like, man, this is my place. Like if that's not a sign, I don't know what is, you know? So I started slowly walking back towards the parking area. Um, and, and as you know, it, it gets better as I was walking, two hummingbirds came flying towards me, one chasing the other. <clears throat> And they, they went by me so close that I literally felt the air from their wings right on my, on my, on my cheek. I was like, wow, what an experience. And of course, after all that, like I had no doubt this is my new sit spot. Um, so I walked out of that area just floating on air. You know, I really felt as if the land was telling me like, we're going to have some good times and some neat experiences together. So I started visiting that spot, you know, every day, uh, for a week and continued that for uh, the next few years while I was there. And, um, it just, that spot just really provided a lot of really amazing experiences. I, I came to find out that those two coyotes that I witnessed, they actually had a litter of pups in that thicket. And, uh, so I got to know those pups over the course of time and I had some, actually some really cool experiences with them of them. Uh, in fact, I had one that literally came up to me, um, like within five feet away from me and then got down on its haunches. Like it wanted, like, you know how a dog gets down, like it wants to play kind of gets down on its haunches and kind of like bobs back and forth. Like it did that to me, like in a very playful way. Um, and and that just totally amazed me, you know, no threat, no, you know, it wasn't, uh, making any threatening gestures towards me. And of course not I towards it either, but, um, and, and other experiences similar to that, that was just really, really amazing. And, um, so to answer the question, where does that audio come from? Uh, so that first, when I was in the thicket and the coyote first saw me and yelped and howled at me, that's the sound that you hear on the intro to my podcast. And, you know, I have a, because of that and other experiences I've had, some that are not so positive, uh, you might say, I, I have a very close, I've felt a very close kinship and relationship with coyotes over the years. And, uh, and that's why I felt it was important to include that, uh, not only in my, you know, the audio 
intro portions of the podcast, but also in the logo design of the podcast and, and in other ways, because I just, I've been instructed and taught so much by coyotes over the years and have so much love and respect for them and, uh, everything they are, everything they stand for. And, uh, they're just survivors, man. They just, they're just amazing, amazing, adaptable, ingenious animals. And, and I have a great, great love for them and, and feel a great kinship with them. So, uh, that's, that's my story. That's my (laughs) wilderness and wellness short. If you stick around after the ending music, I actually included some more samples from that experience uh, of the Coyotes vocalizing. So I hope you enjoy those. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that little story and uh, look forward to any feedback you might have to give. As always, you can uh, find stuff on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, You can send me an email to ron at coyotespath.com. You can... uh, message me on Facebook or Instagram as well. And as always, I really, really appreciate reviews, especially at Apple Podcasts, because that's the one that people are accessing the most. Um, but anywhere you you access this podcast, reviews are super helpful, and I always appreciate them. So until next time, have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you on the trail. So I just wanted to make a few comments about this audio before I uh, give it to you. It's actually, it was really fun to go back and re-listen to it. Um, but just a little bit of a narration about it before you listen to it. It's about, uh, about four to five minutes worth of coyote vocalization audio. And you can hear uh, at the beginning, that's kind of when I first saw the coyotes and made my way over towards them to be able to start recording. And mind you, this is an iPhone recording, so it's not a great recording, but you can tell they're a little far away. And then you can tell, uh, when that big yap comes, which I have in my intro, you can hear that and how close that is. And also one thing that's really cool that I didn't notice until I re-listened to this, you know, after having spent uh, a lot of time learning bird language and all that is you can hear when they're really close to me, the change in the bird language. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting. So pay attention to that as well. Uh, but definitely stick around for the end because the, the grand finale is at the very end of the recording. So, um, any coyote vocalization experts that would, uh, be interested in getting a hold of me and weighing in on this, I would love to hear, uh, your, you know, your expertise on this. So it's, it's just a really, really cool recording. And, and I just close your eyes and imagine being there and having this experience. And that was the experience I had. So, um, this actually took place over the course of about 20, 25, maybe even 30 minutes. Uh, but I was able to kind of take out the sections where there was the most vocalizations and kind of put it together. So hope you enjoy it.